My dearest, darling, gorgeous person, I'm so delighted to welcome you back to Serenity, Essence and Beauty by little old me, Chantelle Rose. I really am, because it's been far too long since we last saw you, clearly. I'm so terribly excited, because that day we thought we'd never see again is finally upon us. Freedom Day! Oh, hurrah! Just think of all those lovely things we can do again. Things we once took for granted. Hugging people, for instance. How ravishing to throw your arms around a loved one again. I mean, I won't be doing that personally. My family are a very cold, hostile set of individuals. But for the masses, I'm sure it will be jolly nice. My till lady, Jean, is especially embracing this, excuse the pun. She's a very huggy person, Jean, being an alcoholic. She told me that she's going to spend all day squeezing the clientele. So I said, Jean, love, don't do that. She laughed. I didn't. And I reaffirmed that under no circumstances is she to squeeze any of my clients. And if I find out that she has done, then there will be repercussions. I'll probably need to keep reminding her of this. She has a memory like a sieve since she started hobbying with gin. Oh, the thing I am delighted to ditch is those blasted face masks. And I tell you, my gales here at the salon are absolutely wassing themselves with joy about it too. They really are, because they've struggled so much having to wear them eight hours a day for all these months. Especially Andrea over there, who is heavily pregnant at the moment, as you can see. Poor Sausage hasn't exactly had an easy time of it with this pregnancy, I can tell you. She has really suffered, and by proxy, well, we all have. I mean, the morning sickness was bad enough, having to hear all about it. And of course, having to endure the horrendous sound of her retching from the back room for hours on end. What a ghastly business. How I kept my Weetabix down with that going on, I do not know. And then we had the whole sorry saga of her aching bosoms, which she enjoyed telling us about in very graphic detail. While well, we offered support where we could, arming and eyeing sympathetically as you do, as she described her veiny, bulbous mammaries and her stinging titans. But after a while, well, it all became far too much. So eventually we had no option but to ignore her and turn the radio up. She got the message eventually, so it was no more tit-talk from then on. Tit-talk? Isn't that an app? I don't know. Anyway, praise be. Now, of course, she started with the most horrendous flatulence, so that's something else we have to contend with. Not ideal for the summer months, I can tell you. I mean, we have eight plug-in air fresheners switched on all day. But to be honest, they're no match for Andrea's gas. The sooner that baby comes out, the better for all our sakes. Actually, do you know what? I think I'll pop my mask back on if it's all the same to you. Would you like one? Mm. Anyway, I told my gals that from Freedom Day onwards, face masks would be optional for every one of my staff. Everyone, that is, apart from Jean, whose mask must remain firmly fixed to her face, Jean! for the foreseeable future. I just think it's kinder to the clientele that way. Well, the high percentage of alcohol in her breath would probably be enough to knock out the best of them. Oh, 
Don't get me started on Jean and her filthy habit. It's been a bone of contention for months. It really has. Yes, admittedly, it was rather novel at first to have a jolly lush on the front desk. And yes, the clients did, on the whole, rather enjoy her giddy interplay. But things have gone way too far now. These days, she's very lippy with any clients she doesn't care for, and I speak frankly here when I say that the booze now appears to have turned her into some sort of man-mad sex pest. I had to reprimand her last Thursday for trying to rub up against Mr. Staniforth. I said, Jean, darling, I don't object to you desiring any of my clients, but what I do object to is having you display your lust so shamelessly in front of the entire salon. She played it coy and said she had no idea what I was talking about. So I said, Jean, come off it, love. You were climbing him like a bloody squirrel up a flagpole. Poor Mr. Staniforth was appalled. He'd only popped in for a beard trim. Imagine his horror at having that boozy old lust hound panting in his ear hole. It's just not on. I had to give her a verbal warning. Oh, believe me, I have tried everything to help with Jean's booze problem. I've sent her on numerous alcohol awareness courses. I even tried the cold turkey approach and hid her bottle of Gordon's, which, let me tell you, did not go down well at all. In fact, Jean, well, absolutely lost her shit. The woman went mental. She even threatened to hold the salon hostage until we reunited her with her beloved booze. I said, Jean, my love, let's not be silly about this. You're making quite the show of yourself. She said, I mean it. I said, hardly, dear. If you were very serious about holding us hostage, then you'd have put a little more thought into your choice of weapon. She said, what's wrong with my weapon? I said, it's a bloody curling one, for God's sake. What are you going to do, crimp us all to death? Enough is enough, Jean. Put the curling wand down, go through to the back, and we shall have words just as soon as I've finished patch-testing Mrs. Lindcroft. She obeyed, of course, and we did have words. So that was a written warning for her. Anyway, deep breaths, engage diaphragm. On a positive note, I am glad that life can finally return to some kind of normality. It's been the most horrendous year. And I haven't told you this, have I? We had a rather upsetting incident here at the salon just the other week. We lost one of our clients. Well, actually, in the chair. She just sort of popped off under the dryer. Poor Mrs. Grimshaw. I went to check on her, lifted up the dryer, and there she was, gone, off to meet her maker. I did not know what to do. I was at a complete loss, stood there, clippers in hand and corpse in the chair. Jean, oh, she was all over it, though. Oh, yes, she sprung to life like a spaniel, dashed over, being our designated first aider, an arrangement which urgently needs to be revised, I feel. Then she pulled Mrs. Grimshaw out of the chair and started on her with a defibrillator. I said, Jean, you're wasting your time. But she wouldn't listen. Let me try, she kept saying. I like a challenge. And she carried on defibbing away. 
So I said, Jean, love, in the words of Tina Turner, we don't need another hero. The woman's dead. Put her down. She eventually saw sense and stopped. Honestly, though, I mean, full marks for eagerness, Jean, but read the room. Needless to say, we had the police with us for a while, and there was a small inquiry, but of course they eventually ruled out anything untoward and put it down to natural causes. It was all terribly upsetting, though, and of course poor Mr. Grimshaw was beside himself when he came to pick up his wife. It was heartbreaking. Jean didn't help matters by dashing over and presenting him with a bill for his wife's hair, her argument being that since we'd finished the perm, he should rightly cough up. I was aghast at her insensitivity. Really, I was. I mean, how tactless to present a grieving widower with a bill for £90. So I suggested £60 instead and knocked off a few quid for him. I thought it was only right and fair. And I said that, looking on the bright side, at least dear Mrs Grimshaw's hair would look nice for the funeral. I mooted that an open casket might be a nice idea, you know, to really show that relaxed perm off. I think he appreciated the suggestion. Sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but I do have a rather pressing engagement I need to get to after here. So if you wouldn't mind sort of cracking on and doing my hair, that would be great. Oh, yes, of course. My apologies. I just thought it would be nice to catch up as it's been so long since you've been to the salon. So very, very long. Yes, well, there is a reason for my prolonged absence. And what might that be? Well, I've been waiting for my fringe to grow. Doesn't look particularly long to me. Well, no, no, it's fine now. But it was very short. I cut it, you see. Got a bit gung-ho with the scissors and chopped a little too much off. Oh! A micro-fringe? I'm afraid so. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, well, I survived. And it did grow back, so I see. But the problem is, it seems to be growing rather oddly. Yes, I did notice the rather aggressive frizz. I read up on it, and apparently by cutting it so short, I aggravated the growth, and it gave me something called shocked follicles. Shocked? Oh, my love, yours look like they're in permanent trauma. This is precisely why I always recommend to my ladies that they refrain from cutting their own hair. I appreciate that, but I really was at my wit's end. I had no idea when the salon would be allowed to reopen. Yes, well, we're here now, so let's try and rectify the problem, shall we? Is there anything that can be done with it? Well, I can try and relax your fringe. How? It's the same procedure as with a perm, only I don't curl it, I just comb it straight. Well, if you think that'll work. Well, we can, but try. Oh, you know, it's funny. Mrs. Grimshaw was the last person I performed this type of procedure on. Oh, really? She'd practically permed herself into oblivion. Gosh, you could say I relaxed her a little too much. Fancy that. It's bringing it all back, actually. Yes, I can imagine. Sorry. Not at all. Makes you think, though, doesn't it? Yes. None of us really know when our time will be up. I mean, poor Mrs. Grimshaw knew nothing of her destiny. She thought she had years ahead of her. In fact, Mr. Grimshaw told me they'd only just renewed their National Trust membership. How tragic. 
Little did she know that fateful day when she set off from home that she'd finished the afternoon dead in a chair, under a dryer, with a copy of OK magazine in her lap, which she'd had open on an interview with Katie Price when she left us. Imagine that being the last thing you saw. Yes, imagine. Right, well, I shan't be a jiffy. I'll just go and fetch that relaxant for your fringe. Ooh, fetch one for me while you're at it. Make mine a bloody Valium. Life's a Gas was written by Ben Ellis and performed by Sarah Starling. Like, share, subscribe and leave us a review. Why not? Thanks for listening. 